boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. The official kickoff of season two of Be She's Wrestling. It's brand new in its own way, but it's still the same. You're going to hear a lot of the same ideology, a lot of the same expert viewpoints. I'm still going to tell you when guys are working you and you think it's a shoot, but uh, I'm also going to tell you when it's a work or when it's a shoot, when you think it's a work, something like that. What is it this week? (laughs) I don't know. I confused myself right off the get go. Um, Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for your support all through season one and season two is going to be even better. Producer Chris is still here. The Mecca Shane Madison, also known as G's Weeze is still here. Today, we've got a pretty amazing show. Jeez Weeze went overboard on homework and show prep <laughs> and actually went through the <laughs> rosters of WWE and AEW, and he's decided how many people is it that you would fire? 29. 29 in if, WWE? Well, if we're talking Endeavor, looking to make some cost-cutting, we've talked about yeah. they want to have some synergies in the front office staff, so we know that's coming. Effective May 1st, everybody's got to be back at corporate headquarters for WWE. But if they want to take it a step further and release some talent, I've... 29 talents? 29. What about All Elite? All Elite? I mean, I didn't really look at All Elite as far as firing people because I don't think there's really... I mean, they could for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I looked at um, the, the roster and I thought, what are some talents that are underutilized? Okay, good. And that's what I was thinking because, like, you know... We talk about Wardlow, we talk about Hook, we talk about, there's one other one that we, you know, those there's those three that we always talk about, but there are a lot of other ones that we don't talk about, and we should. Okay, yeah. good. We're going to talk about that one a little bit later. Tragedy almost, well, tragedy did strike the local wrestling scene in the last 10 days. CWE, who, what an effort they make when they make, when they put on these shows all the way through Saskatchewan and Northwestern Ontario. This is the second time a vehicle tragedy happened thankfully nobody is has been injured past the point of a concussion um or you you know like it could have been a lot worse this one was easy rider who was driving the ring truck to a show in thunder bay in a snowstorm last week uh friday i think it was april the 15th if i'm not there's a lot of americans wondering wait a second snowstorm yeah (laughs) yeah we still have snow up here in canada yeah and so like the drive from Winnipeg to Thunder Bay, Ontario is already dangerous in the summer. If you get rain, it can be very treacherous. It's a two-lane highway, and it's a lot of curves, and there's a lot of hills and rock piles. Eight-hour drive. Eight-hour drive, and, and I guess, you know, there had been some fresh snow, and it had been pretty slippery, and I've seen the picture, the vehicle's on its side. Uh, it led to a one-day one delay in having the shows, uh, but thankfully, Easy Rider just had a concussion and he's okay. And uh, my understanding is he's going to be back in the ring soon. Didn't a few years ago, Danny Duggan ended up in a in a lake. Yeah, well, and psychosis saved his life. So wasn't that what happened? Yeah, I've heard that it was a lake. I I well, always like a, they, it was kind of dramatic. It was a ditch that had water yeah, like in a it, retention pond or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. and the, still pretty yeah, crazy. psychosis had to save Danny Duggan's life. And think about this: that was in the winter. Psychosis from Mexico <laughs> yeah. saving a guy in the snowy in winter in Canada underwater, yeah. freezing his ass off. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, you think about it: the way that they travel is often four hundred miles a night. 
You know, That's think crazy. about that. That's 550 kilometers. And they're always, like, it's just the nature of the beast. They're always in a hurry to get going. And they're always running an hour late. So they're, so they're hustling and they're not getting a lot of sleep. So, but for cost reasons, it's not like you can just have travel days in between everything. It would, it would be cost prohibitive. So the commitment that they make to get to Thunder Bay, Elliott Lake, Sudbury, Regina, Saskatoon, used to be Alberta, used to be Northern Alberta, into BC. The commitment that they've made to get these shows off is amazing. So kudos to Danny Duggan and thank God Easy Rider is going to be okay. I haven't always been close with Easy Rider. I used to be really close when I was a kid. He was real good to me. But I'm so happy that he's okay and that he's going to be, he's going to make a full recovery and be back in the ring probably within weeks of us talking about this. Um, and then there's a wide speculation based on a Facebook post that Danny Duggan has announced his retirement. And I traded a text with Danny and I said, are you going for surgery? Because I knew the knee was bad. And that's what it is. He's going for surgery. I think it's easy to jump to the conclusion that this is a retirement. But I think Danny Duggan could get shot with a machine gun in a drive-by and he would still come back and wrestle if he had a pulse. So this is not a retirement for Danny Duggan by any stretch. I think he was, you know, he's been, he's been working on this bum ACL for a long time. Too long. Yeah. Far too long. And I think, you know, it's good. He's going to take some time off. You know, he hasn't, I had spoken to him today and he wasn't really, you know, he's been like, you know, it's been, t- he's like, I don't even know how I've been able to work on this torn ACL or completely damaged ACL. So he's getting it repaired and, and that's good. And you know what? Take some time off, get out of the ring, get healthy, get fixed up, you know, come back reinvigorated. And um, he just lost the CWE championship to Mentolo in Thunder Bay, okay, Ontario. Yes. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I mean, thankfully he's, uh, it's not a retirement, but it's, uh, it's going to be about a nine to 12 month recovery. So one thing he should do, he's still going to be at, at shows because he's the promoter. And if I were him, I'd spend the nine months redefining who I am. He's doing this American character. He can do that when he comes back. One thing he should do is, you know, there's that song, God bless the USA or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what he should do. It'll, it'll annoy the hell out of the fans. That's his entrance music. Is it? Okay. Oh, it's like the worst, like, but it works. intro. But it yeah. works. I get hot when I listen to exactly. it. Exactly. That's what there. you want. Okay, so I'm he is like, using are that. are you kidding me? <laughs> it's and, like three minutes. And he should, you know, one thing I have always thought, he used to be one of the best baby faces before he put, the, when he first had the facial hair, he looked like a heel. But then he grew this beard that was repulsive, right? <laughs> but it didn't do anything for him because it didn't help him as a heel. Yeah. And it did it, it just killed any chance of him being a good baby face. And he just kept growing this beard and it was like, and he used to have no body hair and then he grew the body hair. I don't know why, I guess it was because he was kind of doing a dad bod gimmick. This is a chance for him. If I were him, I would really focus on diet and rehabilitation yeah. and, and come back really improving your look, yeah. look rested and come back really strong six months in. And if I were him, I'd be trying to, it would be hard. Six months. Well, nine months. I don't okay. want him to push it. I want him sure. To... But w- what he should be thinking about when he comes back is, okay, CWE tours are one thing, but he, I don't think AEW is a realistic option for him. And I know that WWE is not looking like a very good option for him, but why not try to get a run with NWA or Major League or, you know, maybe even Impact, although that one might not, that might be a tough one for him too. But 
get a, a semi-national spot to showcase what you're coming back with. He, you and I will have an interesting debate. You'll say he's an un, untouchable top six. And I'll say the last three years of Danny Duggan's career, if I was booking, he wouldn't. He would be on the roster, but he wouldn't be an untouchable because he let himself get beat up. He let himself get tired. He is the hardest worker I've ever seen in terms of what he does to promote those towns. It's taken away from what he was as a wrestler. You know what's funny though? I was talking to some of the WPW office, our darlings. Yes, and, uh, our darlings. They were mentioning to me, we were talking about Danny yesterday, and he had said basically how he doesn't know how he does it. He has a whole like new, like not new, but he has a whole huge respect for what they do. And he's like, I have no idea how he does this. And they're just like, he's just really like, you know, it was was very, some very kind praise. Yes. And and you'll you'll hear it from me balanced that there's a criticism and a praise. I could never do what he does. It's but insane. he, but I also will say he cuts a ton of corners, but it's necessity to do what he does. You could not sit there and say, this event has to be an epic once in a lifetime production. Yeah, so much work. Yeah. Because he's got literally a 12 hour window to do Winnipeg because it, he's leaving right after the yeah. show where he's coming in the night before, from the, the night before. So I, I cut him a lot of slack with that, but it has affected his credibility as a top wrestler. I think the one thing he has done over the last three years is what can I do to get by in the ring? And I think he should, when he comes back in a year, it should be, what can I do to amaze people that I came back better than ever? And that should be his focus for his lot. What should be his last run. He's not that old. Like I think he's 36 years old. Yeah. He just turned 36 in yeah, March. Yeah. So he has, I know that because he's 10 years younger than me. Yeah, and he's him and I have the same birth date, but (laughs) eight years difference. So, you know, I hope he hears this and doesn't think, you know, I'm crapping on him. I'm not. But this is, I hope he looks at this recovery period as a chance to really reinvent himself. As an opportunity. Now, getting, flipping to another local, you talked about WPW. I got to talk about Primo's and it has nothing to do with (laughs) our our friend Adam Knight. I I thought you were going to talk about 3D. I don't, oh, I am going to talk about that, oh. but let's talk Primo's first. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to get them all fired up early. No, I'm in a great mood. Season two, we got a renewal. We've got, if you've noticed instead, we have our, our friends who advertise with us at main event munchies and Mary Brown's and, um, and more to first come. row. Yeah. More to come. And now you listen sometimes and you'll hear like, I heard a, a foreign voice reading an advertisement <laughs> before. I was like, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yes, you did. <laughs> so thank you. I'm not sure what business it is. And Qualcomm. As Qualcomm. Well. Exactly. So you, you will notice a little pre-roll advertising, but Primo's wrestling. Now I could book in my sleep and nobody wants me to book because monthly's hard, man. (laughs) (laughs) Monthly's tricky for keeping your stories and the continuity, but in in my sleep, I could show up and book a monthly show, but nobody wants to hire a booker because everybody, it's the dream job of everybody. They want to book their own stuff. Oh, I can't think of anything worse. Yeah. So Mark Merrick posts on Facebook after his last show in Winnipeg looked like a pretty successful show at the Chinese Cultural Center. And look, like there was a couple hundred people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to state a house because last time it led to a debate and I don't want to have that debate. But the next day, Mark Merrick's talking and he's, you could tell it was a stressful show. And then he said something to the effect on Facebook. Everyone wants to complain about the booking. If you think you could do a better book, your own show. 
you're booking a monthly show and then you run a couple spot shows that should not matter because you're introducing your product to the crowd. You're not advancing your storylines. And it's like, okay, if I went into a locker room and it's a monthly show and I'm throwing out what the lineup's going to be and I hear one guy say, where did you come up with this? I'm going to say, what's it to you? I'm paying you to perform what I tell, I'm the producer and I'm telling you what role you have to play. If you had a problem, I wouldn't even negotiate what the role would be. If you're getting that much pushback, you're in the wrong business. Is he getting pushback from talent? It must be. Why would you say, like, is it the fans he's bitching at? Well, I know one person that I spoke to who wrestles for him regularly basically said, like, yeah, none of it makes any sense ever. Yeah. But whatever, I just show up and do my thing. And that's the way every wrestler should be. Hey, listen, I'm not, as long as you're not making me look absolutely pathetic or stupid and it affects my ability to draw, then no, what what would be the problem? I'm here to do what you need me to do. You now, want me to put a guy over, I'll do it. What about this? What if the talent, this particular talent or a talent realized like, hey, you know, this could be better? Then have a have a discussion. Exactly. Have come up with some ideas, not just for yourself, but for others too. So, so many people in the locker room have a very bad habit of not knowing how to communicate productively. If I go to my boss at my day job and I say, God, you're running a stupid operation here. I'm going to get taken off the schedule, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, okay, so I, there is a rule around the bombers that you don't go up to Mike O'Shea after a win or a loss and say, why didn't you do this? You will get fired. If you say, what was the kicker doing out there? On, <laughs> Why would somebody with any sanity Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It would never happen. But if I, so let's say in my department, their department head's having a meeting and I say, did you think of this? Did you think of that? Like you're, the, eventually he's just going to say, I don't want this guy on the schedule, right? That's the same thing as a booker telling the lineup what, what he wants. So what a wrestler should do is come forth and say, okay, I, I like what we're going what if we do this? And and in WFX, Eugene's, Eugene Dinsmore was a master at saying, okay, I know what you want, but could, if we could lean on my expertise, what if we do this, this, and this? He was so productive in how he communicated it that it was easy to say, well, you've been, you've done more than I've ever done. Yes, I, you run with that. I trust you. As long as after this, this is where it heads. No problem. You run off, it would be better. Mm. Same thing. I remember one time I handed a lineup to, to Gangrel, and it was three TV episodes. And he said, Mike, I'm so sorry I have to complain about something. But he said, you actually have us, you make us look insane because in one episode you do this, <laughs> then you have us contradict that action next week. And then next, the third week, we go back to the first action. He said, we're going to look, we're going to look insane. And then he explained it to me and I, it was cause I was, it, it would just happen when you're writing three yeah. episodes of TV. And so he said, I could see Dave doing yeah, that. And he was so because. polite. <laughs> That's the nicest guy. Yeah, so yeah, polite bro. and so productive. And I was like, Oh, thank you for catching that. And he's like, Oh, no problem. Right. It's how you have the conversation. Um, Johnny Devine in AWE in 2005, it was always stress between him and I, because he mm -hmm. wasn't very good at approaching it. It was, you could tell he was frustrated when the conversation started. So that puts the booker on defense. Don't put the booker on defense. Tell him what he's doing right. Hey, Mark Merrick, you're doing something right. We're drawing great houses. Positivity sandwich, as I like to say. Yeah, exactly. Something good, something not so good, and then finish exactly. with something good. Exactly. And you'll get a lot further with it. And you, you know what's funny, though? I always think of things. I like thinking about things. I never think about things for myself. Never. I like thinking about things for other people. Like, say... For instance, I'll give you an example. I was in the gym. I was listening to Sirius XM, and then I heard a song, 
And I heard this song, and I just thought right away, Sammy Peppers. Yeah. So, like, when, where would I come up with that? So then I send him a message. I go, hey, man, I got your new music. And then he's like, what is it? And I sent it to him. He goes, oh, wow. Yes. And then he's, he's like, I might save that for a singles run. <laughs> he's, he's due for a, I know someone that's looking at him for a singles run. So I said, save that music. But, yeah. like, that's me. Like, I just have this vision. Something comes to my head. And yeah, it would be cool for me, but man, it'd be really cool for this guy. So Sammy Pepper, some new music coming down the pipeline. Last thing I'll say about Primos is they, they have Royce in that locker room. They have Mentolo in that locker room. Get more veterans that are going to follow your lead. And why I say that is you will never have a problem if your locker room is full of guys that say, okay, like, okay, they can sense that somebody has frustration with something and they can say, okay, what's your frustration? They talk it out. Then they come to the booker all together and explain where the booker might've missed something. Or if you're Adam Knight, you could just slap, slap the uh, booker. <laughs> Adam Knight was one of the most difficult people to produce in 2005 when I produced oh, him I and remember. he was following the lead. <laughs> then he got to a point where he stopped in 2004. He didn't follow the lead and he's working a program against you, which should have been easy. <laughs> it was a, a connect the dots. It was like paint. What is it? Remember paint by numbers, paint by numbers. You yeah. go one, two, three, that leads to four, five, six and seven, eight, nine. Now you've drawn a house. He didn't get it, but it, it's simple. And my message to Graham Keem, if you're having that much stress with booking, you're doing something right as a promoter. I don't know what it is, but there's people coming and there's a demand for your product. Now get a booker in there. This is a great opportunity for him to, so. Who would you gonna, recommend? I, well, I was just going to ask, what about a guy like Royce as the booker? No. No? He's had his booking run in the CWF in 2001, and it was a successful run. I, I, I don't think he's the right guy. I would actually, I would be trying to get the pulse of guys who've been in the business five or six years. Um, you, I, just in time, maybe. Uh, what's, what's he wrestle as now? Toxic uh, Tyler James. That's yep. right. I would, he has, I think he's got this creative energy to him where maybe it's his time to have a shot as a booker. Um, try him out. Say, okay, I'm going to give you three shows. Try somebody. Yeah, yeah, try something. Promoters who like to book, and I was a promoter who booked, but I also had a, I actually was very happy to hand that book off to Liam or hand the creative efforts off to Liam. But I also had an owner that was saying, no, I want you doing more of this. I invest because I trust you. And it's, it's, it's not easy to book, but everybody thinks it's easy. It's everyone's dream job. It's, it's a Mark's dream job. And I, and I don't use the term Mark negatively, but it is, it is the dream job of every wrestling fan to be a booker. And it's not as easy as it seems. It's so easy to think, oh, well, this would be a dream match. This would be a dream match. This will be good. This will be good. This will be good. And in their mind, it's simple. How but do you get there? Exactly. And yeah. you, and you, one of the worst things a booker does is they think everyone's got to have a story on a show. No, because it, it, that becomes story overload and they don't remember the angle that you want them to remember. So have it, your money story. Yeah. PCW 2002. Great example. Mentalo, Omega, raw skills all felt that I didn't do enough creatively with them. I did nothing. I could come up with creatively would do better than the matches they had in the ring. Adding a story to that could take away from their in-ring talent. They also weren't known for like promos exactly. and character development. Either. Meanwhile, 
there was you and then there was Cruz and then, and then it all came together and then it all, you guys went your separate ways. The angle at the end of the night had to leave them talking to want to come back next week. The match underneath had to make them go, God, and the wrestling action is good. And then I had tag team. I had something for everybody, but it wasn't story heavy. Story should be focused on your heavyweight championship or the angle you want the people to talk about and buy the ticket for the next show. You want to hit them with quality in your matches and then an angle that makes them say, oh, I'm very interested to see where this ends up, especially if you're doing monthly it's very hard to reinforce it monthly using YouTube and all your social media because you have to hope your followers are following everything you s- send out there. I hope Tony Khan is listening to your <laughs> advice on yeah. booking. Well, it, it's it's different with TV, I will say that. Sure. But but he doesn't have a money main event no, angle. No, no. Right, right now he's got MJF going into a pay-per-view to defend the belt in a, what should be a breeze for him. Zero excitement. Yeah, there's in nobody that believes MJF is losing the title at this pay-per-view. And if they do that, it's a mistake. Ticket sales have been slow. Yeah, too. but they're going to do well at Wembley. Um, so Primo's needs to find the booker. Now, everyone says, well, Mike obviously wants to book. I don't think anyone could have. <laughs> I don't think I would do it. Like, I don't see a world where I commit to booking any of the companies locally, and it would hurt the it would hurt the podcast because then I would be affiliated. Producer Chris is raising his hand. I think he wants to. Book <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> well, I I'll tell you, Tyler James is somebody I would talk to. I would talk. To, I I would look at maybe ATM. Well, Mentalo, he's there, isn't he? I think Mentalo has done. He's done some booking, hasn't he? I don't know. I I for who? Maybe Danny. I don't know. I want to say. You I think, think he'd want a book? Well, here's know. the thing. What I'll I'm say sure. about Danny uh, Mentalo. Mentalo has some good ideas. Yeah, I yeah say. but he, oh no, I'm not saying he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just released that three foot wrestling buddy, right? The three foot stuffed. Three foot? Yeah, I think it's three feet tall. I have a rest. I have my own wrestling buddy. It's the not, stuffy. Yeah, I have yeah. A, he's got a deluxe one that's sixty dollars. That's I think oh, three feet tall. Okay. Wow. Here's cool. He's got he's got the merchandising down. He's got his masks. He's got he's got somebody selling his stuff for exactly, him. Exactly. Exactly. He's doing everything. He's right. listening to the podcast. Clearly. He oh, here's what he is doing. He is masterfully making Mentalo bigger than everyone else in the scene. A brand. Yes. He needs to keep doing that. Don't burden yourself with booking. You're a freelance wrestler. You don't want to be exclusive. A good booker should be sitting there thinking about the whole product. He should continue to focus on himself. He is marketing the hell out of himself, and he's doing it extremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for his wrestling buddies, that's uh, Series 6, and it is the giant size. You're correct. Three, uh, sure of that? three feet. Uh, yes, I do. We'll share it to social media. I've been sharing his stuff. Oh, that's cool. And Very- he's got an audio commercial, and if you could fit that in yeah. here somewhere, like in the break, can you get fit yeah, that I in? Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, hey, he's, he's doing... Mental is listening. I'll buy one of those wrestling yeah, buddies. He is oh, doing everything right at building his brand, so he should not take on the burden of booking. The burden of booking should be somebody who's so hungry to get their first taste of it. And, and Tyler James has been around a long time. But he, I think he's got a vibe that's... What, a, what about a Mo Luke? No. Mo Luke, I don't think he ever got it. You almost have to have somebody in there who's like buddies with Merrick or like a, like his like go-to guy that he leans on for advice. And I don't know who that person is. There might not be one, so he might have a hard time finding somebody. Yeah. I, you know, I think Tyler James is it would be the good one. Somebody to go, who's but. active, who's gonna be as passionate. See, the only thing that made me a good booker in two thousand and one and two is I Vance Nevada had booked so badly I was passionate to do it better than him. 
Like I, I was always competing with him and myself. So I would, I had to have this inner competition with myself to do better than we've done at our best. And I was competing to be better than he did it for years when I thought he didn't do it well. You know, what's funny. That reminds me of a funny story when Don was running a show at the convention center in 2000 and I want to say one and Don was late and Jerry, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And then Vance was on. He the went sh- to the trouble of going around and making yeah. a lineup. So then Vance actually was booking the show, and then Vance booked himself with Jerry Lynn. Yes. And then Don came in. He goes, <laughs> he goes, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's Spot like, on uh, yeah, it's uh, Vance against Jerry Lynn. He's like. That ain't happening. Yeah, and he tore up everything. Vance had gone around and started telling people what they were doing that Finishes night. and stuff, and then I think Vance was in the opening match. It was like a six-man. What, what was that mask gimmick that he did? Was It de- It wasn't delirious. It was, it was like was... some word, like hysteria. No, that no. was old name. It was some weird masked yeah. type thing. But yeah, so anyways, yeah, that show got changed. Yeah, so. and he basically got treated like a jobber. But that again, show. again, like a booker, why are you putting yourself over? That's a big mistake bookers you know? make, in fact. Terrible. Uh, when I, anytime I ever took the book, I immediately got out of matches unless I was doing a small angle. Mm-hmm. It never worked. It's, the booker should be focused on overseeing the entire product creatively. And there's a lot of energy that goes into that. And I think this isn't just something for primos. This is something for... WPW. Everyone that's listened to what we just said could apply a lot of what we say. The only, there's only a few promoters out there that listen with a notepad and are sitting there and they're, and they're like trying to get, um, they're trying to get something from what we say. One of those people is cloud nine, Shaggy Campbell or Tommy Lee Curtis. He, well, he will listen and then he'll send me a bunch of questions and he'll say, okay, how do we apply this to what I'm doing? Right? You don't have to do, sit there and say, oh, well, Mike said to do this. We're going to do it exactly. Think about what you're doing and how can you apply any one idea that you and I are throwing at them, right? Mm-hmm. We we haven't done it full, t- like around the scene since 2010. That doesn't mean we're out of touch. Actually, it means what we did for a long time is probably fresh again. Not that we're out of touch, but that's that's that. I've never booked and I had no interest in it ever. I think, I think like- at this point, you would be one of the best bookers that anyone can have. Well, because you yeah. have an attention to quality that a lot of the bookers don't have. You need to have somebody who's got some sort of a track record, some sort of like they would they would say something and somebody would respect what they're saying. And there has to be some sort of overall direction that you're leading to. And know, you know? where the finish line is and work backwards. Exactly. If you don't do that, you're going to get to a point where you're like, what are we doing next? I remember I remember wherever I wherever, wherever I worked, I would always say to the promoter or the booker who, or whomever, what point are you trying to get across? Where are we going with this? Yeah, where can we be in three shows? Because that way I'm thinking, okay, in my head I'm thinking, okay, that's where they're going. So now here, and then I would, like, I remember saying to you, what are the bullet points? What are the key things I need to hit? I remember I worked for Monster Pro Wrestling once, and I said, uh, we drove 14 hours, went right to the venue. I said to Massive Damage, I said, what are the key things? Who am I working? You're wrestling this guy. Okay, I said, okay, what's his catchphrase? And I worked it all into this promo. I did this promo on zero sleep. Were you at that show? Isn't that when I OD'd on the caffeine? I don't. And uh, if I that's don't know. the case, we got there the night before. No, that did was you make show. multiple trips out there? A few, yeah. Okay. But I remember I I did this promo, and the guy's catchphrase was like something like about I was trained by the best to be the best, and I did this promo, and I was pissed off because Massive made us do it as soon as we got there, and I was tired and hungry. And then I said, 
you like to say you were trained by the best to be the best. Well, something like blah, 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 you're going to get beat by the best. Yeah. And then I remember everybody just stopped and they go, standing ovation. And the guy comes up to me and goes, where did you come up with that? Because I asked the guy, what are we trying to get across? Who am I working? What are his, like, what, what is he all about? Yeah. There needs to be more attention to that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, what are we at for time, producer Chris? 27. 20. Ooh, we went heavy. Uh, last thing I'm going to say is I have a prediction and season one proved that 95% of the time my predictions came true. Uh, <laughs> 3D Pro Wrestling isn't going to run in May. They are not promote. They do not have tickets on sale. They do not have a venue announcement. They don't have anything going for It's supposed to be May 18th, right? Yeah, it ain't happening. That's not far off. No, it's not happening. Uh, I'm going to put on an olive branch to Shane, the, the promoter. He hates me. I don't hate him. I don't hate anybody. Come on the show. <laughs> I sound desperate. Please come on the show. Um, come on the show and let's just talk shop. I want to understand what motivated the No Ring show. I want to know what what caused him to go out to stop running and else he was ending it after the second show. Just come on. We'll have a good conversation and you'll like me more after you have that conversation. And I'll understand you better. It would be good. I don't think he'll take us up on it, but 3D Pro Wrestling, they are not running in May, I don't think. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Then I'd be right only 93% of the time. But uh, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen with that. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B-E-E-Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, to get 10% off. Visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. Main event Munchie trivia is out this week because I went a little long on the first segment, but we can tell you last week the question was, when was the last time WCW beat WWF in the Monday Night War for ratings? It was October 26, 1998. That was the night after Halloween Havoc 1998. They ran heavy on time and lost their satellite clearance at Halloween Havoc, so they ran the main event of the of the pay-per-view on the Monday night. What was the main event? I was just about to ask you. I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like us. They ran long. We ran long. Yeah, exactly. Who Goldberg? 
against Diamond Dallas Page. D's, D's, P's. Yes, against Geesbees. Yes, okay, so Goldberg, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas, Dallas Page, October 26, 1998. Chris was the one with the right answer, but not producer Chris. He's not allowed to win. No. And maybe it was Chris Rain. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> there you go. That's who won Main Event Munchie Trivia next week. It might be back. It'll probably be back next week. I won't go so long in the first segment, but when I get talking about booking, I get excited. Uh, let's talk quickly. We got two. We're going to talk about the rosters today, a WWE roster mostly, but we're also going to talk, they uh, unveiled a new title and it is like the equivalent of a notch <laughs> below the intercontinental title. If you think about it. it, used to be that the number one, the winged Eagle was your number one title. Bret Hart held it. And then the IC belt was number two. Well, number one and two for the company's gold is around Roman Reigns' waist. Now the third place champion, a distant third place champion is going to win this nice belt. What do we think of the belt? I don't like the belt personally. I think it, I think it's too busy. They've got too much going on, especially with the logo. Just stamp. It's like it's almost like they branded the logo into the middle of the belt. It just yeah. doesn't look good to me. And I don't understand how they're getting over the idea that Roman Reigns already has the world championship. So they've just made another one. Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense. It's exactly me. what they've and done. it devalues all of it. it. That one's the new one is a piece of tin, essentially, as long as Roman Reigns has not lost his. Yeah. Well, it's it's ridiculous because Roman Reigns is the WWE champion, the universal heavyweight champion, and nobody can beat him, and he doesn't show up. So, okay, we're going to give a consolation prize belt to Cody. somebody. Cody. Whoever wins this tournament. Yeah. So it's like, I would argue that the United States championship that Austin Theory has is more valuable than the World Heavyweight Championship. The belt I like. I hate the WWE yeah. logo plastered in the middle, but we know why they do that because it's about pushing the brand, not any one individual because the pieces are all interchangeable. They should have made the belt a little bit taller, take that logo, make it smaller, put it at the, at the top of the belt. There's a lot of things that they could have done. I don't mind it. At least it's on black leather. Thank God. Yep. But it's, it's ridiculous that they're having another championship. They could really drop... They should be one world champion. Exactly. One, Both brands are fighting for right. that one title. One tag one... team champion, one women's champion, a U- U.S. champion, and an intercontinental champion. That's it. Yeah. That's what you should have, however many belts that is. You can have way less titles and make them mean way more. It's like hours of television. Um, what I think about this belt is it's a throwback to two title belt uh, versions. One is the Bob Backlund title yep. and the other is the big gold. Yeah. And then the reason why that brand is front and center is they probably watch Yellowstone. And if they had their say about it, everyone that ever won a belt would go to the back and get a, get branded by, yeah. by Vince McMahon himself or somebody in the office. Um, so that is, that is about making sure that everybody who ever sees that belt knows it, even if, even if it's got to be gaudy and over the top, that that is the WWE title belt. Um, oh, that is the world heavyweight yes. championship. What I think when you have three world championships in one company, it's almost like when a stock, when a company releases stock and the first round is very valuable and then they say, hey, we're going to have a second funding. Yeah. And the second round of stock dilutes the value of the first round of stock. And then the company gets spend happy and they say, hey, we're going to release a third round of stock. And the guy who had the first round of stock is sitting there going, my value has decreased. And everybody that wishes they could have been me on that first round is now buying in for the novelty of owning the third round. This this is the worst thing that could have happened for Cody to win the consolation prize. Hopefully he doesn't. And it's really hard for them to walk it back to. Like with your example of stocks, we could 
talk about crypto just quickly when crypto is the same thing, but you can burn tokens with crypto and then the value goes up. There's no way to walk back this. Like oh this, yeah. You could vacate this in a year and or, or, or whoever wins it throws it down like Shane Douglas did in 1994. And maybe and, they do something and like maybe that. Maybe yeah. that could be what's happening. What they I are mean, hoping to do is have a champion represent SmackDown, a champion represent raw. And it's going to be Roman on SmackDown. This is going to be the raw champion. And you guys know why they're doing this, right? This is because Roman of, doesn't do a lot of dates. No, this is because of the network. USA wants a champion and Fox wants a champion. That, that makes sense. That from, is the okay, reason. For that. So, but that how you do reason. that is you have the US title and the IC title be the network champions. And then you have one world champion and they're fighting to get to the top of their brand so that they can win the coin flip to get this title match at the pay-per-view. And your champion does a lot more talking, maybe wrestles at the house shows, but does not, he doesn't wrestle much on TV. That's a, you know, that's a great point. I never even thought about that because you could do intercontinental championship could be the Fox television championship. Yeah. Yeah. U S championship could be the USA network television championship. That's the T um, AEW does it, so yeah. that's not a bad it's idea easy at all. enough to do, too. Yeah, that's and, not bad. And then you have the the guy who's the top on the brand. The IC champion should never wrestle the world champion, but it should be the top guy on that brand. That's an awful belt, Is too, going after the head. Well, they haven't been good with belt designs in 15, 20 years. Yeah. Really, since they switched from the, the winged eagle to the big eagle, it's been all downhill from there, if yeah. you ask me. And same with the intercontinental title when they change in 98 to that little oh, skinny oval round one. one. Yeah, the oval. Terrible. I believe that vintage title belts of the late 80s, the tag belts of the late 80s, and the IC title of the late 80s and the winged eagle is the best it ever was. But they and, don't want that logo so small. Yeah. It's well, all about, because back in the day when WWE was coming here, Hulk Hogan's coming to town. Yeah. It's not like that. Now it's WWE's coming to town because if anybody leaves... They've been burnt on that in the past. It's the brand, not the guys. Absolutely. And UFC does it too. The previous U.S. title wasn't too bad though. The one before this one with the American flag front and centers. It wasn't too bad. It, wasn't it a, still wasn't as good as WCW. You're right. The, yeah. the NWA US title that's, that Lex Luger had in 88. That's one of my favorite ones, yeah. favorite belts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's move on and talk roster here. You've gone to it. You did a lot of homework here, Mecca Shane. Uh, sorry, I know you don't like that nickname because of Omar. <laughs> Jeez Weez did a lot of homework here. So let's go through the WWE roster. And, and I'm not going to interrupt as much as I, I'm going to let you have the floor and go through the roster and tell us keep or cut. Okay, so do you want me to go through the entire roster or just tell you what the what the cuts the would cuts. be? Okay, let's do 29. You said 29? There's 29 wrestlers, okay. sports entertainers, WWE superstars that they're, I they're think... They're wrestlers. Chris, <laughs> give us a max of 12 minutes. Okay. 29 minutes, you're going to tell me who's the cut. I'm going to tell you what brand they should go to. So you're going to, I'm going to say, you're going to say a name and I'm going to say impact NWA, MLW or know. I'm not going to know half of them. I'm not going to know any of them. Okay. So now I'm not really doing, there is one NXT name on here. Okay. um, Because I just thought like he just needs to be cut. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, most of them are WWE raw or SmackDown. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Tazawa. Primos. (laughs) Aaliyah. Uh, Ooh. Major League. Now here's a, here's one, Alexa Bliss, and the reason why I say her, I think she is valuable talent, mm-hmm. but she's injured, and there's something going on back in the background where sure. she she's not being used. So if she's not being used, probably has a big contract. 
If it's cost-cutting mode, I could see her getting cut. If they can afford afford her impact. Okay. Apollo Crews. MLW? NWA. NWA. Bray Wyatt. Big contract, hasn't lived up to the hype. He's right back to where he was before he got All, all elite. Major League Wrestling. Okay. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. All elite. Both of them? As a tag team. Okay. Impact. Okay. Dana Brooke. Impact. NWA. And again, some of these are good talents, they but are. like, listen, yeah. they're not being used properly or they're just a drain on the company. Here's one. We talked about it last week. Dolph Ziggler. Impact. World champion. Yeah. That would be amazing. I don't know if they could afford him, but it'd be amazing. Elias. Oh, man. NWA. Yeah. Viking Raiders. Who are they again? Eric and Ivar, the Viking. The, yeah, they used to be the uh, Viking Experience, whatever they were. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the war, the War Machine, the war back machine. in Ring, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, as AEW, but Ring of Honor. Okay, with Sarah Logan, also on the list. Yeah. Val, Val put them all together. Should be okay. Yeah. Um, again, I like this tag team, but not being used properly. Angel Garza, Humberto Carrillo, uh, AEW. Yeah. Okay. Maximum male models. Massé and Massois. Released. Independent bookings. <laughs> yes. We're on the same page on that one. Wow. Okay. Jinder Mahal. Oh. Dungeon Wrestling. I got nothing for him. I don't know. Dungeon was sounds Dungeon and Impact. How about the OC? Gallows and Anderson. <sighs> all Elite. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them in All Elite. And New Japan. Okay. Lacey Evans. Uh, I'm going to say All Elite. Yeah, All Elite. I was going to say Impact, but All Elite would be better. Next name was a guy who was supposed to be in the main event of WrestleMania four years ago, but he's clearly pissed somebody off in the office. Mustafa Ali. MLW and the Independence. Not because he's not good, but because I think he could reinvent himself on the Indies. Uh, The major Indies. Impact. Okay. Nikki Cross. NWA. Uh, Indies. I, I'm not sure who she is. Okay. Omos. Released. You're going, so we went from top to bottom here, right? On recognition. No, these are just names. <laughs> Omos. Was Omos. he the guy that took he, on Lesnar? He's, yes. He's taken on Seth Rollins at Backlash. So he's heavily pushed. Uh, but again, I'm in cost-cutting mode. How yeah. big is he? He's tall. He's tall, but that's all he's got. He's got nothing else. Yeah, he's over seven feet. Uh, I would say NWA. Okay. R-Truth. Ooh. Impact because he was a TNA original and won the TNA world title. NWA because he held the NWA championship. Okay. Bobby Roode has not been seen forever. <laughs> Impact. Yeah. Er, Impact. Yeah, it's your call. Um, Sorry. I like that one because of his connection to Scott Demore, but I also like him in any of those companies. In my opinion, he's the most underutilized talent that could be the, who could be a difference maker. If a booker decides, Hey, we're going to make Bobby Roode the, I, the guy that got overlooked, give him an angle where he's so angry and so on edge and let him talk people into the building, and then his work backs it up as a top heel. Remember he, how over he is when that yeah. glorious music? Yeah, came yeah. Out? I would I, all elite. He would be a great second heel to MJF right now. 
he should uh, be threatening for the But if title. you get okay, so I know we're going to go a little heavy on time because of this. But if you got Bobby Roode immediately on AEW, you have him in a, sh- a program with John Moxley where he comes out so strong as a heel and pins Moxley, and then you've got star power on on Bobby Roode, and people go, "Holy! Finally, a Booker that's going to do something right with him." Agreed. Okay, how about Shanky? Who? Exactly. Yeah, no. Released. <laughs> Indies. <laughs> and then Tamina? Tamina. Released. Tamina Snuka? Um, I'm going to say that she would do okay in Impact. Okay. And then the last name, you guys, Mike, you might not know, but Zion <laughs> Quinn. He's in NXT. Big guy. Good look. Yeah. But there's something missing. There's just, there's something missing I don't know what it is. I say impact because Scott Demore is really good at getting what's missing out of guys, uh, in my opinion. Mike, you, you might not know who that guy is. Yeah, but, but I'll still throw out a educator. Big guy, great look. Yeah. I'm, I like him, but I think the office looks at him and they're like, there's something not there. There's, what's his lineage? He's like, uh, I think he's like Samoan or... Okay. Well, because if, he, if he's got an exotic look, then... He does. And then I Good would, girlfriend. then I Harley, would say, Cameron. yes, you said impact because Scott will know what to do. Yeah. Scott would know what to do, do with a guy like that. Yeah. Who's, I, I would say major league has also done really well with taking talent that's peripheral and making them something. Yeah. So I major league. So again, these were names and that's my list. These are names that we don't know, have any information about people getting let go or anything. But if you're looking to cut names, these are guys that you could cut and gals and they could probably carry on just fine. Last week, I said that Edge should be a guy that they should look at getting past. He's he's what they call um, a legacy name, I would say. But I think he probably makes over a million dollars. Yes, he does. Yeah. I think he makes $3 million. And I don't think there's much return on investment. I think they've done all you can do with him. Well, the dirt is, uh, from just from the dirt sheets, that, that WWE is interested in Christian again to have one last oh, run with Edge God, and Christian. No. So, Christian's run in all lead has been awful. No, Those no, that's, turtlenecks. That's not, that's not true. That's not <laughs> yes, true. Yes, it he, is. He, his talking has been amazing. He, he has been a really Not good Not one angle that he has done is translated to much Jun- interest. The, the one with Jungle Boy was great. The one with Jungle Boy was great where he was hitting on his mom. He was talking about his dead dad. He was a, a really smart. How much is Christian making in All Elite? Three mil? Two mil? He's got to be doing pretty well. Yeah. Like, yeah. let them come back and do one last run as Edge and Christian. They can both still go enough to do that. I'm not saying they okay. should do TLC matches. I'm going to quickly give you five names in All Elite that they need to cut for Ooh. financial reasons. Um, do you have, do you have the Hardys, Matt yes. and Jeff, yep. both yep. Cut them get both. them off. They, there's nothing there. Um, I think that they should get, uh, Gab- Spears. Sean, Sean Spears has been there since the beginning. I think the idea with Sean Spears is cultivating him to eventually be a backstage agent. Cause he's very good. He has a wrestling school, flat, flatbacks with Tyler Breeze. Fleas yeah. Bees. Fleas Bees in Florida. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, with Tyler Breeze. Maybe if they could get Tyler Breeze on, that's where Tyler Breeze should end up. Um, who else? Was it? Keith uh, Lee? Uh, Hangman Page, I would fire right really? now. Really? Yes, he does nothing for never me. never will do that. No, no but he, he does nothing for me. And then I don't know why Big Show is there. I don't know why Mark Henry is there. I don't know why Jim Ross is still getting big money. There's a lot of big money that's not returning anything on investment. And I have a top 10 list for AEW. Okay, good. Let's, about. Okay, let's do the, uh, yeah, you say, add five more minutes to the list. We're only at eight minutes. So okay, okay. Add, add, okay. Okay, so you were talking about people in All Elite you would let go. Yeah. Okay, so I think, you know, when we're talking about the Endeavor purchase of WWE, they're clearly, clearly looking at cutting costs, 
probably going to cut a lot of front office staff when people return to the office this week. But I was just talking talent. Um, for AEW, I took another approach. We've talked about how you know Tony Khan is not the best booker. He hasn't used guys to their full capacity. Now, we always talk about weekly Wardlow, Hook, Miro. Three guys that we all... That they bombed. That we all agree that they've botched really badly. And uh, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks, sure. I have a top 10 list of people there who I feel we can get way more mileage out of. And I can go through that. So here is the list, the top 10 list for AEW that we need to get some more mileage out of. Number one, guys, feel free to jump in here. I'm not going to mention Wardlow, Hook, or Miro. We already have established those. Brian Pillman Jr. Agreed. Yep. Something we can, like, look at, Look at where, where he's from with his father. Like, there's something you can do there. Something I don't know why this company doesn't do is create a junior heavyweight div- division, like a championship for small guys. Not 205 Live, but go back to what WCW did with cruiserweights and do that. They've got 50,000 belts. That's probably why. They love belts. They, they sure do. Okay, so here's my number two. His tag team partner, Griff Garrison. Tall yeah. guy, good body, good worker. Young guy, I think you can do something with that guy. Well, they've got a Saturday night show to push an ex- push some extra talent. Okay, that was two. Number three, your favorite name, Big Bill. Is that? Big Cass. Big Cass. He's had issues everywhere he's gone, though. No, here, he's great in the back. He looks like a million bucks. Yeah, he's cl- cleaned he's, up completely. He's sober. He looks like he, he's great, but they, it's like they don't do anything with this guy. Dump in a the, company? Dump the name Big Bill. Well, that's one. Oh, no. No, if you're going to push him, Big Bill is a good name. <laughs> but in a company that has a bunch of like main eventers who are 180 pounds, why not use this guy? Maybe because he makes others look too small. I'm, I'm not slightly sure. indifferent on that one, too. Both Griffin and Big Bill, I'm indifferent. Fair. Okay. Here's, this is the fourth one on my list, but this is probably the number one on my list. And I have no idea why this one is not used more. Penelope Ford. Yeah. Good looking. Good in the ring. She had some injuries, but why do we not see her on television more? Well, because they only have two hours of prime time on Wednesday, and the way that they <coughs> have positioned their Friday or their yeah, their Friday night show hasn't been effective to get any talent over. So maybe when they get the Saturday night show, she'll be a benefactor. Saturday night collision debuting. June 17th at the United Center. Yes. Oh, by the way, I believe that uh, both Regina and Calgary will now be TVs because Calgary is going to be the finals of the Owen Hart tournament. Yeah. And that is on a Saturday as well, right? Yeah, that's at the Calgary Steez Peas. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, Next name on the list, Malachi Black. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that one. Gotta use this guy. Like, House of Black Use him or let him go back to WWE. Like, the guy's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, next one, Action Andretti. Yeah. I really liked what he did when he pinned Jericho, and I really think that this is indicative of bad booking that they had nowhere to go with him after. Did not drop the lies at all. They could have done one, two, three, kid, Razor Ramon coming out of that. Yeah, he, uh, he, I just think of him with like selling merch to little kids. Like he's almost like a superhero that little kids would get behind. They, they See, did botch that one. Tony sure. Khan is masterful at coming up with an idea to introduce somebody, and then he has nowhere to go from there. 
I, I think you're and masterful is a bad word. I think you're right though. I think the, I think they intended to do one, two, three, kid, raise her own, but they just didn't have, you know, the wherewithal to do it. Well, it, it's equity. TV time is equity. Yeah, they're gonna same thing's gonna Remember happen. The pop he got yeah. when he beat Jericho. People exactly, were but Jericho out. did an amazing job in that match. For sure, uh, they're gonna do the same thing with Roderick Strong. He, they debut him effectively on Wednesday. Month from now, he is going to be mid middle of the pack. Uh, next name, Andrade. When he comes back, guy is good I don't worker. care for him, to be honest. He's not a good promo, but I think like he's had phenomenal matches. Yeah, he's there a is worker. a reason to push Andrade, and uh, and it is basically that every time you can get a Latin American talent way over, it translates into new viewers. And he would be a guy, you should be pushing him and... Uh, Pentagon and those guys like Trey Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, there's never a shortage of, of return on investment when you push Latin American talent. Uh, Serena Deeb. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. How old is she? She's getting up there. She might be close to 40. Mm. Still looks good. Yeah. Still can work her ass off. Yeah. Maybe give her one more push. They pushed her for a while. They did. I kind of look at her as like in a Natalia kind of role. Maybe she's doing like a coaching thing backstage, but I think she's still got some gas in the tank. I'd like to see more of her on TV. Yeah. I think as Sarah Stock's influence increases, I have a, I think her and Serena are tight. So if Sarah starts to get some influence over Tony, then you might see that. Okay. Next name, Ethan Page. Absolutely. Yeah. Big guy, great talker. You know, like the guy's got, you know, he's got it. He's got it all. Yeah, he's got all. Would love to see more. The problem with that talent roster is they've got too. It's WCW nineteen ninety nine. They've gone out and bought so much talent that they have a hard time figuring out when and how to push somebody. Um, And then they get stuck where, well, Moxley's always returned on investment, even though he hasn't. Well, Hangman Page still has value, even though he doesn't. And then they have Omega. How many guys are left on your list? I got one more. Okay, sorry to sidebar. What in the world is a main event? Omega and uh, what's his name? Tetsito. (laughs) Kenosuke Takeshita. That's what I said. (laughs) Takeshita. That's what I said. Taxito. Yeah. Taxito. It's like a new kind of Doritos. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry that. I wasn't sure what his name was, but why are they taking on the Butcher and the Blade as a TV main event? That should be a TV opener. Nobody thought Butcher and Blade are going over. Oh, we're going to make Butcher and Blade big deal. No, no one thought that. Everyone knew, okay, either Omega's going over or they're going to have Moxley hit the ring or at Danielson in this case. Or just squash Butcher and Blade and then do your angle at the end. Why do you do what is the most predictable way of booking a a main event show? Why did I watch the last 15 minutes? I'm watching it and I'm like, I know where this is going. There is 0% chance Butcher and Blade are going over. (laughs) And there is a 0% chance that Danielson and Moxie aren't hitting the ring. Where can this go? Nothing. This is a waste of 15 minutes of valuable TV time because it's like, how do we make this so utterly predictable that nobody, we're advancing an angle. No, you're not. You're wasting 15 minutes of valuable equity. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Who's <laughs> number one. 10? The is last, this the most important one? Did you say the best for last? I think so. Okay, because okay. otherwise I would think you're greenhorn with lists. Okay. And this is, this is a name that you guys are going to be like, I totally forgot about that guy. Scorpio Sky. Yeah, I, I did forget about I that did guy. forget about him. I would argue that... Where, where is he? 
this is a problem. He wasn't translating when they did give him TV time. So now that they've got a, they've got a, such an inflated talent roster, and now CM Punk's going to be the main star on Saturday nights until they have the blow off of the work between him and Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, there it is. We'll be starting episode or season three talking about it still being we'll, more. Yeah. We'll be on episode 510 years in. I'm going to say, remember when I called that? <laughs> um, the problem with their roster, I'm sorry to always start a sentence with the problem is they have MJF on top working a pay-per-view main event against nobody marketable. And I, I like I like all those guys. I like... They haven't been pushed as a main event No, guy. none of them. And so unless you're going to do a huge upset, which maybe that would be the one thing that make people go, wow, and then get to Wednesday night on a one-on-one. So it's a four-way, right? Right now, yeah. Yeah, okay, so how well, about... it hasn't been fully announced Okay, so yet, do the four-way. Here's how I would book that. Because nobody believes MJF is doing a job. I would have Jungle Boy win in the biggest upset in company history. The era of Jungle Boy starts the whole celebration at the beginning of the ring, in the beginning of the show on Wednesday, and then have MJF interrupt and say, hold on, I have, I'm entitled to a rematch, and I'm calling that ship in tonight, and have him win it back at the main event of the, of the Dynamite right after. It does cut Jungle Boy's nuts off a little bit, but then he gets to say he's a former world champion, Tommy Rich, and you get people going, holy, I didn't see that coming. And you might draw a number on the Wednesday after. You have booked this so badly that unless you do an upset, it's like what I just said about Butcher and Blade. If I watch that pay-per-view, and that's a big if, if I watch that pay-per-view and I spend, what is it, 25 minutes at the end of the long night. Trying to wake up Sean? Yeah, and pirated, so they're not making money off of us. But if I spend that time and then MJF wins and it does nothing for any of those four, it's wasted three months out of MJF's reign. His This title defense should have been Adam Cole or Kenny Omega. Or, yeah, Adam Cole or Kenny That's Omega. That's all you got. Either one of them would have been good. Has Kenny Omega even wrestled MJF yet? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And I told you how they should have booked that. In Winnipeg, MJF's out there for the bar mitzvah. Kenny Omega comes out and says, you may talk them into the building, but people pay thousands of dollars all over the world to come see me wrestle. And that's always going to trump a good talker. And you would have something, but they, Tony Khan is the worst booker in, I don't care if he wins 50 time booker of the year. He doesn't get it. You got to be building, your pay-per-views draw money when the people are like, I have no idea what they're going to do here. And unfortunately, everyone thinks they know exactly what's going to happen here. So he's, if he's going to do the upset, Jungle Boy is the guy to get the belt. Or yeah, Darby, to a lesser degree, have it be a clean finish and a shocker. And everyone's like, I didn't see that coming. So that they have to watch Wednesday and then get it back on MJF right away. That's what I would do. And that's my top 10 underutilized AEW talents. All right, guys. Well, I think it is time. What time time now it? for the Mary Brown's Mailbag, Mary Brown's Chicken, Crave Delicious, Crave Canadian. Who has 14 Manitoba locations? Mary Brown's Chicken. Who only uses Manitoba chicken? Mary Brown's Chicken. And who only uses Manitoba-grown potatoes hand-cut in-store? I bet you've already guessed. Even Mary Brown's coleslaw is made fresh in-store from whole carrots and cabbage. Download Mary Brown's app today and take advantage of money-saving deals and even a secret menu. You can order ahead to get your Mary Brown's faster. Mary Brown's Chicken. Crave delicious. 
Three questions today in the Mary Brown's mailbag. Three Let's, again. Wow. I need to correct Sorry, how they can contact us, though. Oh, yes. Go ahead. So on Twitter, it's still at Total Beaches because there's not enough letters to put Beaches Wrestling. At Facebook's, it, Facebook, it's Beaches Wrestling. And Instagram, it's Beaches Wrestling. The email address will remain totalbeaches at gmail.com. And don't forget to throw on that hashtag, hashtag Mary Brown's Mailbag when you ask that question. That's where I'm going right after this. Oh, what, grilled chicken? Nope. Oh, I just need a spicy. It's just Dan Myers. Spicy. I just need a spicy. Did, oh, did you see what he said? He sent me a message. Yeah. So initially, he tried the chick, the grilled chicken, and he was not. It, it didn't work for him. Yeah. And that I get. You know, when you go to it's not for everybody. When you go to Mary Brown's, you want fried chicken. Yeah. And so he then went back and he tried the spicy Big Mary. Blown away. Sold. Yeah. Blown <laughs> now away. Now he's selling. Yeah. And he is now a regular customer at Mary Brown's. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I go back and forth, though, because I like the grilled chicken a lot. I and, do, too. And I like the Nashville Big Mary yeah. a lot. So You know what I'm going to do next time I go? I'm actually going to get pieces of chicken. I'm going to oh, kick like it old school. Oh, like pop, popcorn chicken? No, like no, I'm going to get like, oh, uh, like a bucket. The, the strips. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a bucket. Like four pieces or something. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, maybe a, I'm going to see if they'll do a white meat premium for me, and, <laughs> and I'll let you guys know how that goes. I can't wait. I'm going to get the waffle fries tonight. Yes. Spicy Big yes. Mary. Oh, Ryan, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this one coming in through Instagram. Somebody slid into our inbox. Brad did. What is the most unprofessional act you've seen or were a part of at a show that you were on? Uh, so it would be when I sent that guy back into the Rumble three times. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, That's not I good. said that a couple of weeks oh, ago. It was a boy. PCW show. I was visiting in the back. The guy got eliminated from a Rumble. I kept sending him back out. So I'm going to take ownership and say that's me. But I also saw Adam Knight slap a very innocent ticket buyer. And I didn't see him when he slapped Sheldon. I saw the video of that. But I was there when he slapped Blue Jay in front of Sean Brown. And we're going to get Sean Brown on the show at some point to tell the story. Thank God for him. He did not slap Sean Brown because Sean Brown would have broke his arm. And then he like he, Sean Brown, that happened in 2003. We're 20 years to the date almost. Sean Brown would still be kicking a hole in him. <laughs> like we would be pulling Sean Brown off of Adam Knight. Um, that would be up there. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, I'm going to go with, one, uh, sorry to go long with my answer, but I, I'm going to go with question. something I saw backstage. That was hmm. alarming. That's still on a show you yeah. were on. Ernie Todd got mad at Brian Bailey. We did a show at the Lincoln Motor Hotel. It was in the basement. And Brian Bailey was doing a, a, a powerbomb off the top rope. When he brought the guy up, his, his foot went through the false ceiling, the tile, and it, mm-hmm. it broke the tile. And Ernie, but at the same time, a fan had come to ringside and was grabbing at Brian Bailey. And that was Bri- Crash Crimson, right? Yeah, and Brian Bailey got pretty upset about it. And so it gets to the back, and Ernie comes in and starts yelling at him in front of the crew. How did he yell? It's coming out of your payoff. You <laughs> broke a ceiling tile. Who's going to pay for the $75? <sighs> and he's giving it to him. Bailey starts to, to bow up a little bit, and he's like, hey, why don't you say something about the fan that came up and could have tripped me off the second rope and caused an injury? And they're going back and forth, and Steve Stryker's the booker. And to his credit... Most bookers would not step up to the promoter in front of the boys. Steve Stryker yelled at Ernie and told him, get the F out of the locker room. You, and I think he might've even called him a mark, but he said, you're not going to yell at the guys like that in front of the guys. You should have handled it better. Now get the F out of the locker room. You're not one of the boys. Yeah. Nice. Ernie Todd went to the ring truck. This is a report I got after when Vance Nevada was immediately named the new booker. By the way, are we all banned from, Is are you blocked from Ernie now? Since I have not checked. You need to do an Ernie Todd I need to check right now. <laughs> so Ernie goes to the ring truck and is, 
the report that Vern gave me, Vance gave me two days later when he was named the new booker immediately <laughs> was that Ernie was crying, like sulking, like sobbing. And he said, I'm shutting it down. I'm not going to be talked to like that. They all treat me like, like I'm a whatever. And, um, Chris is still alive on Ernie's <laughs> Facebook. I'm not blocked yet. That means Ernie's not listening. <laughs> um, so Vance apparently hugged him, caressed his neck, and said it'll be okay, Ernie. <laughs> caressed his neck. That's what I heard. And the end result was Vance Nevada was the new booker. And, and Ernie Todd stayed in the business. Ernie Todd Thanks a lot, stayed Vance. until 2016, 15, 14. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Vance. All right. Well, what about you? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. Um, Two things that come to mind. One was when Stardom shot that brain buster on me off the top rope, right. which I was really pissed at because thankfully I know how to protect myself. But Shouldn't you have to. No, and should have been talked about if you're going to do that yeah. move. So that's one. And then I have another one that I remember Ryan Price, who was a listener to the show. Mm-hmm. I remember doing a battle royal and he was like, he didn't want to get eliminated. <laughs> and it was like, we're going like there's like the main event angle. You might have been booking this, Mike. It was like the main event angle, and there was something that was coming out of this battle royal, and he just kept like coming back in the ring. Where was it? This was at the lid. Then I was definitely booking yeah, it. And he just kept and then he was we threw him out and then he stood on the apron and I was like, finally I just go, geez, I just clocked him. And then he finally got you know, fell out of the ring. But that was one. I'm like, man, you're you're screwing up like the finish to like this is like the main event angle that we're working on here, and it's like, so I mean, that's not. Did he have a spot coming up? No, no, he just didn't want to get eliminated. It was really weird. weird. So I mean, that, I guess that's not like terribly unprofessional. Like it's not like he was like taking liberties or anything. But and maybe he just didn't get good direction. I'm not sure. But just off the top, yeah, of my I head, was booking, so yeah. must must have been a direction issue. Yeah, there's definitely things that have happened. I remember Ronnie attitude once got like really reckless and I had to, I actually choked him out in a, in, in the ring once. Um, oh yeah. You mentioned that bumpers. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Ronnie attitude. He's back. Yeah, he is back. And I like what he's doing. Like he, he's, <laughs> I like him he, too. Yeah. He's, he's adding to the CWE product. for sure. For sure. So that, those are the three off the top of my head. There's probably way more. But oh, there's so many. It, like if we brainstorm, we'd be here all night. Yeah. Um, for me was a battle royal I was in. I'm not going to get into too many details. That one's, uh, no, don't, no details. Okay. I told you, you got me hot about this a few weeks ago already <laughs> once. I was, uh, working one of their, one of the main promotion stars over in the corner. They turned it around, started working me over. And then an, another main guy came over. So it's two on one. So I'm feeding for them. Pronouns, pal. I'm feeding for them. And the one fellow, uh, eventually just rolls his eyes. He bends down, picks puts my legs on his shoulders and launches me out of the ring. Like, shoot, threw me out of the ring. <laughs> I, I landed on my shoulder and dislocated it. Who was that? I, that? I'll tell you off the air. I'm not getting into... You don't want to rehash heat. Exactly. I'm already getting upset now, just thinking How about, about it. the time at Ringmasters when Chevy hocked the belt in and the ref was checking on the on the guy Chevy had just beat? He took the tag belt and hocked it over the top rope into the ring and hit the ref in the head. Oh, that's terrible. That's a good... And I guess I... I did participate in an unprofessional act when Cheech and I booked ourselves on that against Omar. Yeah, when we went, we, okay, we went in that battle royal. So there was that, but yeah. I mean, we've all had that for the good of the yeah, business. Yeah, we've all yeah. done something that we wish we hadn't. But. All right, next question. Good question, Brad. Coming in from Lonnie. Lonnie, I think I worked with Lonnie at the Winnipeg at IG Field. Maybe it's Winnipeg. Lon- maybe Blue it's Lonnie Bombs. Anderson. It's not Lonnie Anderson if it's the one I worked with. <laughs> he disappeared suddenly. I wonder what happened to him. <laughs> 
Three top things a local wrestler can do to make themselves successful. You go first. Oh, um, three top things. Well, one, um, okay, so I would say, well, I mean, I'll just go to my tried and true. One, look the part. You are um, you're an athlete pretending to be a clown, not a clown pretending to be an athlete. Um, take it seriously. Um, look like you can handle yourself. Don't look like you belong in the front row. That's first and foremost. Two, um, have, uh, you know, proper gear, <laughs> attire, have a pair of boots, have a pair of trunks, wrist tape, wrist tape, look like a wrestler. Um, that'd be two and three. Uh, I would say be open to constructive criticism and watch the entire show. Don't just pay attention to your match. Specifically, if you're not in the main event, watch what the main event guys are doing and why and what they're doing and why they're doing it because that's the reason why they're in the main event. Okay, good. You go next. You I'm go? saving the best for last. All right. Protect your gimmick. You know, don't don't be at the merch table selling crap. Don't be looking like a... Like, Begging for money. Don't walk in with sweatpants going down to your knees, pulling a wheelie bag that doesn't have a wheel and things like that. Protect a gimmick. Good advice. Protect the mystique around who you yeah, are. Yeah, make it yep. seem like you're successful. Uh, market yourself. Mentolo is a great example of that. Market yourself. You know, get yourself merch. It's not that hard in this day and age to have some merch. It's really easy. Have somebody to sell it. Set up and a pro wrestling tea site. That's super easy ex- to do. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And you can order from your own pro wrestling tea site if you want to bring teas to the show. So there you go. Uh, another one, ask vets for help. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Ask them to watch your match. Ask them to get into the ring and work with you before a show. Ask them what, what if they were you, what would they do? That's my three. All right. First and foremost, you danced on one of them. Best for last, by the way. I'm going to beat you both. Um, <laughs> study study Mentolo. Mentolo has got the costuming right. He's got his physical appearance down to an art. He looks good. He's been doing this 20 years. He's And always looks good. Yeah. he. No, he, he hasn't been doing this 20 years. 25, sorry. He started in 95. 97, 96 or 97. Was it? Oh, I started in 97. You're yeah. sorry, 97. Um, so study what Mentolo is doing and take all that you can from him in terms of he's created a character. He is a superhero. He is everything. I, I have a newfound love for Mentolo after he released the stuffy in the video to promote the stuffy. And I, I'd been studying, like watching him close for about three months now. Uh, so do everything that Mentolo is doing because he's doing it better than everybody around. Second, Connect with the booker on a different level. Change the relationship from, hey, I'm just here to do what you tell me to do. And call your booker and promoter and say, is there anything I can do to help the show be successful? I'm sharing it on social media. Do you need me to, you know, put up some posters? Is there anything? Do you need me to drive a talent? Do you need me to, you know, can I show up early and do pre-tapes? Find out everything the booker could possibly need you to do. And make yourself amenable to doing it so the booker can't help but think, hey, this guy's fully engaged. I'm going to do whatever I can for him. Great advice. And third is watch back your own performances every single time. Every time you do a promo, watch it back. Every time you wrestle a match, watch it back and be your own worst critic and be ready for what I might say when I see it or what Shane Madison might say when he sees it. You should know it before we see it. 
you should don't love yourself so much that you don't see flaws in what you're doing. Be ahead of it. And then when Shane Madison or, or Mike Davidson reach out or anybody that's, that's trying to offer constructive criticism, when you, we reach or reach out to us and say, could you watch my match? Here's three things I thought I should be doing better so that we're watching for the things he's telling us he could do better. We're going to end up seeing five things he's doing right. So we're going to say, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. You did this, this, and this right. And yes, you're right about the three things you can improve on. So be your own worst critic so that you can be learning from your own performances more than anyone else. And I think if you do those three things, you it, it'll be, it will go a long way to being really, really talented. There you have it. Looks like uh, he's right. The best new season, for last. The new season is kicking off with a bang. I can't believe it. And yeah, best for last. That's it, show one in, in the books. It's show one in the books. Many more to go in the coming weeks. Anything? Uh, do you have any way to tie this uh, bow on this, Mr. Mike Davidson? Thanks for listening. You made season one successful, and season two is going to be even better. This is a technically episode fifty-three of B She's Wrestling. Well, the boss called me up and said, "Come in to work." I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the rumper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the Iron Claw as only the Vaughn Erics can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights, they were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late, I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. 
and I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon?